listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. A.J. Hoffman in studio. He can. Do you need me to he, bring you some electrolytes? You know something. If I if I if I did all the precautions you did, maybe I wouldn't feel under the weather. But somehow I think it's better to be under the weather than walk around with with like eight bottles of different colored fluid, drinking it like it's almost under prescription. No, no, no. Sports betters listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. We told you a couple days ago, Jonas doesn't get sick. He's in L.A., Jonas Knox. <laughs> Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we have got week two of the NFL preseason kicking off later on tonight and some news and notes from around the National Football League as the season approaches. What is the Vegas lead here on this Thursday? Well, listen, a lot of people say, RJ, on, uh, in some ways it feels like you're a gambler. You, you know, Obviously, that's what you're known for, a gambler. But you seem so logical and conservative in some spots. I'm going to prove I'm a gambler because I'm going to let AJ talk about Trevor Bauer, the case with him talking about domestic abuse. You just never know what's going to happen. (laughs) So I'm taking a calculated risk, Jonas. Yeah. And it was earlier today. It was announced that a restraining order and an attempt at a restraining order against Trevor Bauer from his accuser has been thrown out, deeming he is not a threat to the victim. Uh, There is still a a case involving Trevor Bauer and an investigation going on. But as of right now, a win in court earlier today for Trevor Bauer and company. So, First thing I'll say before we throw it to AJ here is I think it's important to say that for a long time, I think it's fair to say that that women were not properly uh, protected, I think, by the court system. I mean, we're talking, I think uh, it was more egregious, you know, a long time ago or or a while back. So, you know, you always got to wonder is let's say that maybe – a case could be made. I'm not saying it could, but let's say that, hey, things have gone too far the other way. You know, sometimes that's the ebb and flow of things. So, AJ, let's kind of understand that in each individual case, we want justice. We have to also understand this is not done yet. This is a process that we're watching from the outside, but it does have a many tens of millions of dollars effect potentially on the Dodgers. So tread lightly, my friend. Okay, well, first of all, yeah, like you said, this is not over by any stretch. This is the first step, and this is really the first win Trevor Bauer has had in some time, uh, them ruling against the request for a permanent restraining order. That doesn't mean that he's going to be fully cleared. It's just the first step in him being cleared. Well, first off, it's really not about him being cleared. It's going to be about is he convicted or not, right? Because, Because, like, no one is ever found innocent. They're found not guilty, which is saying there's not enough proof that he did something. OJ was found not guilty, which I think is what complicates things, things like that. Well, here's the deal, and this is what makes it tough on like the, the public perception versus what, what reality is, is 
and the judge said herself today, these injuries that are shown in these photographs are terrible, but she set limits. He did not exceed these limits. So I can't, I can't punish this guy for, for basically doing what she asked him to do. And, so, oh, go ahead. And that, it puts everyone in a tricky spot because from these photos, it looks like, oh, if Trevor Bauer did do what, what happened to that woman's face in these photos, then obviously the, the, the initial reaction is, well, Trevor Bauer's a bad guy. But what the judge is saying this is what the woman basically requested to happen, and he did it and didn't do anything further. So Trevor Bauer saying, well, I mean, if she says this is good, do this, what am I supposed to do? And But this, the public is still going to look at it and say, you don't do that. You don't do that with permission, without permission. You well, don't do I, that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I mean, you're, you're speculating what the public's going to say. Don't we know what the public's saying? Jonas, what's your sense of what the public is saying on this case prior to today? Because today, um, you know, I think may sway things to some degree, but in general, what's been the public sentiment? I, I can tell you out here in Southern California, they're saying that he'll never pitch for the Dodgers again. Uh, that that, And I don't know what that means contractually, but that he's done, that he'll never pitch for the organization again. And that a lot of this is, yeah, the pictures and the details of the injuries are so brutal that regardless of what permission she gave him, I don't know that she gave him permission to give her a skull fracture. And that's what happened. And, and that's where I think people look at this and they can't get out of their mind the images similar to the Ray Rice video. Once we saw the video, it changed the entire outlook of the of the incident. And I think this is that case to where because of the pictures and the details of the pictures, that's never going to leave anybody's mind or a lot of people's mind rather. Now, see, this is a fascinating story in the fall in my opinion in the following way and obviously there's a a, a grieved woman here and but we're going to look at it uh from a distance that's the only way we can really is it's one thing to say okay in the court system for criminal trials the threshold is beyond a reasonable doubt so it clearly means if there's a 98 percent chance that someone did it that they should not go to jail because to have two out of 100 people go to jail unfairly is just not acceptable. We'd rather, the old saying, 100 guilty people go free than one innocent person go to jail. Now, obviously, innocent people have gone to jail, but we try very hard as a society not to do that. Okay, so let's say OJ being a good example. Most people believe OJ did it, but OJ was found not guilty. How does society respond to that? If you add in... That even if he was found guilty, now murder, double murder is a different story because you're in jail for life almost certainly. But let's say someone's found guilty of uh, domestic abuse or some type of assault. They serve their time and then they leave jail. And the premise in this country again, and it's a great, great country to me, is you serve your time and it's behind you. Because you know why? Because if you don't, if you don't let the, the boot off their neck once they serve their time, then what do they have to lose? The scariest place on earth is death row. Why? Because those guys have nothing, and, and I guess some women have nothing to lose. So if you commit a crime in the rest of your life, you're a pariah, you're an outcast, then what are you going to do? You're going to do a lot of ra radical you know, risky things to try to what? I don't know. Make money, redeem yourself. I don't know. 
So that's always an interesting debate. But now we add this other element in. And let's call it the Fifty Shades of Grey element, because a lot of people are familiar with that movie. And though people in the kink community will say, oh, that movie's, you know, that's not what it really is. And just like poker players say, Rounder's not what it really is. Probably true, you know, and I know it's true in Rounder's case. But it doesn't change the fact that Jonas, who I consider to be as even-keeled, as level-headed as any guy on radio, he's saying... Did you saw those pictures? Never going to forget it. And, you know, it was interesting, Jonas. You said um, even if she asked for it, it wasn't the, you know, cracker skull or whatever. Well, let's say this. Let's say I said, and I'm playing devil's advocate here, but let's say I said, throw me that baseball as hard as you can. I'm going to catch it with my hands. And, you know, we're out, you are in the kegger, you know, you throw it really hard and boom, break my wrist. Now, I didn't intend to break my wrist. You didn't. But are you or did you break my wrist in that no, case? No. And and again, I'm not an expert at this stuff, but it seems to me that uh, and maybe this is just the risks of being on the fringes of society. But I think a lot of people are not going to judge this the way my guess is people in that community would, because just from, a, again, somewhat of a distance there's a lot of, you know, that you hear a fat shaming and different things is kink shaming is a very common concept amongst that those, well, I guess there's different communities in which it's like, hey, don't judge. That's what I like. And you know what? I don't know where the right answer is on that. But I think, Jonas, you're right. Society is certainly not going to be judging Bauer from that perspective. And uh, man, it, it seems like the case could be made if it was totally consensual that if it ended up being more damaged than or more hurt than was expected, that seems like, uh, I don't know. I mean, how would you look? I mean, like thinking of it that way, does that cause you to reevaluate? No, I mean, I I've, I thought the same thing from the get-go. I don't believe that he intended to fracture her skull. I, I don't believe in any of that is, or at least I would hope not, for, for God's sakes. But I just, I don't know how people reconcile what they saw on the pictures and the text messages. Because I, I think there's a block for some people where they say, yeah, but we know that she asked for some of this but still, even that, I, I just don't think people can, people think on those terms, or, or can, maybe can, are part can of you, can can you can you do you judge them? I, I mean, look, I I think also part of this is I don't know how well liked he was by his teammates to begin with, <laughs> and, like, and, and that's I mean, I don't I think he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, and I think because of the reputation going into this, I do think that's part of the story, and I do think that adds a little bit something more to how we evaluate him and what his future is, especially with the organization. That's Jonas Knox. We are straight out of Vegas. AJ, you're going to talk some financials here with the Dodgers, but let me ask you the same question. You personally... If somehow there was a scenario in a year, and let's say it turns out where he's exonerated, and somehow you hear, yeah, uh, Bauer's coming to Vegas, he wants to have dinner with you, what do you do? I mean, if he's exonerated, I, I, I guess it's it's hard for me to hold him to a higher standard than the courts can. I mean, I, I don't find Trevor Bauer to be a particularly likable guy to begin with, but I, I, if, if he's not guilty of this or, or not guilty of doing anything outside of what was asked of him by this woman, I don't know that I'm in any place to to make him feel like he's a bad guy. 
Now, how do we reconcile? There's what two other accusations? There are, but but they they haven't gotten to the level. There's people. There's other women who have come out and said they've had similar stories. They haven't gotten to the level yet of court cases. But similar stories that the end result of the kink was more damaged than they they. Uh, yes. Well, geez, now that starts to you got to wonder how many times in a row, or not not in a row necessarily, but how often are you? Is it going to get out of hand? The results and and him not like question like to me that acts if it was a one time thing. It seems a lot easier to say, you know, it was so unintentional. But if like the second and the third woman, and again, we're speaking from just the, you know, allegedly and the knowledge we have, if the second and third women say, well, he, the damage was too uh, more than expected with me too, boy, that seems to sway it the other way for me a little bit. Uh, final was, word, Jonas, on on the perceptions of all this. Well, there was a and also a report that came out over the weekend on Saturday in which the Washington Post had a story about a woman who claimed, you know, issues with Trevor Bauer and whatnot. And uh, Trevor Bauer hadn't been speaking on social media, hadn't made any public comments whatsoever. And he found that it was the time to stick up for himself. So, you know, against the advisement of his counsel and, and his legal team, he went to social media and himself posted an entire chain of text messages back and forth to prove that the way this story was played out in the Washington Post was not the way that it seemed, which, look, he may be right. And maybe, you know, that woman was looking for something more and he's totally innocent of any wrongdoing there. But it still adds to, all right, that that adds to the circus. And I just don't know that the Dodgers as an organization want to deal with this. And, and that's why financially it's going to it's probably going to hurt him significantly. But I just don't think he's back. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I find this Green Bay story with Jordan Love really troubling, Jonas. Yeah, and it was announced uh, earlier today, according to Matt LaFleur, the head coach, Jordan Love, the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, expected to be the starter throughout most throughout all of the preseason with Aaron Rodgers not expected to play, is going to be out for this weekend's game. There's a tendency whenever a player is new in uh, at the professional level if he gets hurt, to say he's injury prone. And you know what? Statistically, there's much more of a chance he is than if he hadn't been hurt. But everyone that gets hurt early is an injury prone. Sometimes it's just random and you got an injury. But sometimes it is. the injury prone people are tending to get hurt too. So we don't know yet with Jordan Love. But what we know is he's not Brett Favre. He's not Peyton Manning. You know, those are guys that went... De- a decade plus without missing a game. He played how many snaps, McKenzie, in the preseason game? He had 18 dropbacks. He dropped back 18. Maybe he got hurt handing the ball off. But on the 18 <laughs> dropbacks, he's already missing a game? I mean, that is not – forget how he's playing. AJ, that to me is really bad news if you're a Packer fan. Yeah, although, I, listen, I think the Packers, the, the plan for regular season remains the same. I, I'm sure yeah, that but, they'd whoa, love whoa, to whoa. have. Whoa, yeah, for this regular season, and <laughs> and next year, the plan is to have another starter. That was the deal that they made to get him to come in, and the guy that you made Aaron Rodgers mad over can't play more than one game without getting hurt. It's a big deal. Yeah, that's deal. not ideal. 
Not ideal at all. But hey, maybe Kirk Binkert's the quarterback of the future. Hey, he if he anyone that can make the Jets a favorite, you got to be very skeptical. <laughs> of. I, I thought it was I thought it was ironic that the the news comes out today that Carl Lawson, the Jets' biggest free agent signing, blows his Achilles out. The Jets line, it's like let's pump money in on the Jets. Let's get this money. That's how that's how bad the drop off is apparently from Jordan Love. That's why it was smart that Houston is taking a chance on Mills. You need a quarterback, Jonas. <laughs> what's your thought on Jordan Love? I, I just think that this was the real opportunity for the Packers front office and that coaching staff to get a, a sneak peek into what Jordan Love could do. Um, you know, outside of him getting opportunities in the regular season, which I I don't know when if or when those will come, and you can't guarantee him. This was going to be their chance to see how he's developing and he's already out and he left a game early and he's missing another one and you've only got one more to, to work with afterwards I, I think if you're the coaching staff in the front office you got to be extremely frustrated you're missing a chance to uh, grade him critique him yeah but he's also missing a chance to grow as a player to get game experience and grow so yeah this is a disaster a disaster now in denver there's more cause for optimism. It looks like with Teddy Two Gloves, as they say, uh, that the starter in Denver is becoming more clear at quarterback. Yeah, it was uh, Vic Fangio who said they have not. They're pretty close to naming a starting quarterback there in Denver, uh, but they're not ready to do it officially yet. But I know that uh, Drew Locke, amongst many of the uh, people that would have seen the Broncos watch the first preseason game, feel like Drew Rock, Drew Locke is uh, no doubt the favorite to win that starting quarterback job for the Denver Broncos. And Mackenzie, we've seen an odds move uh, uh, earlier this week, and then another one today. Yes, it was minus 130 last week. After a great game by Locke, it went to minus 150. Now it's minus 175, about a 65% chance, according to the odds that Locke will be the starter week one. So this is about being the starter in week one, first snap, starter. Okay, here's the thing about Drew Locke. He might be the most interesting man, no, no, quarterback in the NFL in the following way. He's the only guy that has... So many big-time throws. Now, this is a PFF concept of they have a certain level of throw that's like, this is not normal. This is not what an average quarterback can do. And throughout last season, Drew Locke was, I think, seventh or eighth. I'm going by memory here on big-time throws. But he was in the top top quarter, if not top ten of the league, you know, even more than, you know, top five in the league kind of thing. McKenzie, maybe pull that up, his uh, big throw count relative to the other players. and But at the same time, he makes as many mistakes as anyone in the league. So Teddy Bridgewater is the exact opposite. He doesn't ha- hardly have any big-time throws, but he doesn't make any mistakes. He checks them down. Five years ago, the checkdown guys kind of were in favor. The theory was, if you don't turn it over, you know, you can win. Nowadays, you look at the Rams, they're trained for the guy that can make the big throw. And you look at Jimmy G, oh, he doesn't have a big enough arm. He doesn't have that that it factor of making that monster throw. Drew Locke is one of the you know, handful. Did you get the number on the big time throws? Yes, he was twelfth last year in big time throws. He was twelve, but not per snap. Or or th- no, total per- total big time throws. Yeah, tied because, to that he Ryan, played actually. half the year. So I mean, if you look at it per snap, he was right up there. And, and But thank you for the number. Um, and I should have made that distinction. Um, 
if somehow he can pull Josh Allen. And this is what's fascinating. People don't realize how bad Josh Allen's stats were. If you just looked at it analytically before last season, it wasn't. It was in the range of lock. Let, let's look at QBR lock last year uh, and Allen the year before. McKenzie is, you know, they. Uh, if he can pull a Josh Allen, which is an unusual thing, it's a real long shot. What Josh Allen did to become an elite quarterback. But Locke would be an elite quarterback. He has the big-time throws to be an elite quarterback. He just makes massive number of mistakes. So if you're Denver, you know what Teddy Bridgewater's ceiling is. You know that. But if somehow, some way, Locke gets some switches flipped, you'd have a top-10 quarterback. So to me, it seems almost certain that Locke's the right I guess, uh, calculated risk. Jonas, what do you think? Yeah, I, I just think that he's also going to have a pretty short leash because Vic Fangio is a defensive-minded head coach. I think he puts a real premium on turnovers. You've talked about it, just how how important turnovers are to determining the outcome of an NFL game. Uh, I think Vic Fangio, if Drew Locke starts to make some of those mistakes, he understands that he's probably on the hot seat as well, too. He's got a really, really good defense there. I, I think he'll opt to go to Teddy Bridgewater uh, early if Drew Locke continues to make some of those poor throws. Is that a Fangio decision? I think so. But, it, I mean, I, I don't know who's married because I know they brought in a new GM. He's not married to Drew Locke. I, I, I mean, he traded for Teddy Bridgewater, so maybe he's more married to Teddy Bridgewater. But I, I don't think anybody within that organization is totally tied to Drew Locke at this point. Remember, Carolina sent – three fruit baskets along with Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> paid 80% of his salary. They, I mean, it was a giveaway. Uh, AJ, last word on this. Yeah, I, I think most of these quarterback battles, San Francisco, Denver, New Orleans, Chicago, they, they all have that similar feel of one big play upside guy versus the guy who's the safer option. And I, I agree with you. The league is moving to, more towards the guy who, yeah, he's going to make some mistakes. He's going to turn the ball over. But we want that upside more than we want a safe game manager type. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from. And RJ, we have week two of the NFL preseason kicking off less than an hour from now. It's the Patriots at the Eagles, 7.30 Eastern time on NFL Network. And we've had a major line move in this game at the start of the show. It was a pick at Philadelphia. And right now it has moved to the Eagles minus one and a half on pregame.com. Okay, now that's fascinating because earlier today, the Patriots were like two, two and a half point favorites. So what was the high point, McKenzie, on the Pats' favorite? Right at open, they were two-and-a-half-point favorites. And then when did the steam start coming in today? 
It's been a slow, steady trickle. It went from uh, minus one for the Patriots to pick them early in the morning by 8 a.m. out here in the West. And like Jonas said over the last hour, it's moved quickly from pick them to minus one and a half. Yeah, so anything moving, flipping favorites is not a trickle. But yeah, let's say it's been steady, steady steam throughout the day. This is, now I don't understand what's driving this. I mean, the, I'm, listen, this is back to speculation like we were doing with the Lakers and the Suns. This feels like Cam or Mac Jones isn't going to play. This feel I don't understand what else it could be. Like syndicates don't take this big of a position and, and move a line this much. Jonas, have you seen anything in the news? We were searching Twitter. We can't. We don't see anything. Yeah, I, I I have not seen anything. Um, I, I I've see only thing I've seen is that they're both expected to play tonight. Yeah. Uh, but if this was a case to where Cam Newton's not playing tonight, wouldn't that make the case stronger that he's going to be the starter week one? Well, maybe. Though the odds right now are seventy five percent for Cam to to be the starter week one. So it's minus three fifty for Cam, plus two fifty. On Mac Jones, so seventy-five percent. Uh, but even, the, even if even if they say Cam is out or they say Mac Jones is out, as long as the other one is not no, out, no, no, they won't play. They won't play the other one any longer than they would have anyway. And what they'll do, maybe they would Mac Jones if Cam is out a little bit, and they let Hoyer take the rest of the snaps. But even they, Brian Hoyer is probably one of the better third-string quarterbacks in the league. It just seems like an odd move to be four point. I, I don't understand it. Hold on a second. You're saying that. Hoyer versus Cam Newton are comparable. I, the question no. isn't who's the best third-string quarterback. The question is if the assumption was it was going to be Cam, Mac Jones, and Hoyer, and then somehow, some way, we're speculating because we don't know it's going to be one of those two and Hoyer. That hurts the quarterback play for the Patriots, right? Yes. All right. So I don't know. I don't. I'm not saying it's any of those things. I'm, I just don't know what else could be this big. It now may, there, it could be. Oh. I'm sorry to interrupt, but it could be uh, Devonta Smith is expected to play tonight. I don't know that he would move a line no, like that, God, being a no, rookie. No but that's the only thing I can think of as far as an impact player being a part of the game that would change things like. I this. mean, there's not that many wide receivers even in the regular season where they're going to play the whole game. And if yeah. it, anything, it's a half a point. There's something. I tell you this: if there isn't anything with the quarterback, this will be one of the strangest moves I've seen. And man, oh man, I would. Feel pretty good. Philly's going to win because this feels like there's a surprise coming. Now there is a trend. If you are 0-1 in the preseason and you're playing a team that won their last preseason game, so Philadelphia falls into this category. 62% winners going back uh, almost 170 games. So 104, 65, and three. Fez had that. There's a fellow named Dr. Bob that was one of the originators of that trend. And it's one that the betters take seriously. We'll talk about it tomorrow, but the other uh, teams have fallen in that category. Minnesota, Seattle, Green Bay. That's right, AJ, Green Bay. (laughs) Giants and the 49ers. So we'll look at those games tomorrow. AJ made a good point. Veteran backups, especially a third stringer, is very valuable in the preseason. Something to consider, AJ, as you're betting. Yeah, I, I feel like if you if you go through that whole depth chart and Brian Hoyer's a guy who started NFL games, if you if your third string guy has starting experience in the league, that's a huge advantage over a guy who's an undrafted free agent just trying to make the team. And it's not just quality of play, it's being familiar with the offense. Is if you're good enough to last in the league, 
and you're familiar with the offense, you're going to be a lot better than a guy that might not be as talented that doesn't know the offense. Jonas, any gut feeling on this game? I, I just wonder, we talked about some of the reports out of Philadelphia or out of this, you know, their, their joint practices this week in which people were raving about Jalen Hurts, that he was the best quarterback on the field. And I, and I don't know what to read into those because there were some people that were a little bit, you know, not blown away by his week one performance in the preseason. I just wonder, could this be some of the hype from the reports during the week that people look like, you know, New England's right for the pickings and Jalen Hurts is going to have a good game? If that were the driver, then I think the line would have been moving from those reports onward. So you never know. I will say this. I promise the pizza bet. I usually don't follow behind the steam. But this is so curious. It feels correct to me. So a pizza bet only on the Eagles.